Places, please. Places for the top of Theater Countdown. Hello, mates. You're just in time for beginner's call. Beginner's call. That's places in the West End. I just thought I would use the fancy British term. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Theater Countdown. I am your one of your hosts, Asmarette Geber mckell here with my my dear friend Cheryls. Hi, Cheryls. It's your probably buddy Ben Cameron. What is it? Beginner's call? They say beginners. Beginners call. They say it's beginners. So I had a field, I had a field day with that when I when I was doing shows at the West End. And you're like, well, if I'm just a beginner, I don't know how good I'm going to be I, at it. Thank you. I used to be like, beginners, go ahead. Advanced, <laughs> hang back a minute. Absolutely. Which, which level am I in? Exactly. The level of competition. That was my bit. Oh. That was my bit. I'm just a beginner. Oh, they say the most, <laughs> they say the most wonderful British things. They, they do. People. Intermission is interval. Oh. Meet me at the pub. Meet me, meet me at the pub at the end of what accent am I doing? <laughs> meet me at the pub at the pub end of inter- the <laughs> Okay, well, that's if that's if you're putting on a show in a British insane asylum sanitarium. Um, that might sound familiar to you. Well, you might wait when they say dress circle, right? They do, yes, they say dress circle. Mm-hmm, yeah. They say lots of delicious things. I find that a lot of things in, in British speak or even in other languages are better than what we do in crass Americano. It's true. You know they. You know why they eat ice cream at the interval too. They do. do Have you ever seen that? Eat? Like that they eat. Like yeah. If you if you're at interval intermission at a West End show, you'll see they come out with these like little tiny snack size ice creams. It's because there's no air conditioning. There's no air con. In no the so they used to they used to eat that at the interval to stay cool and it, and they still do they still have a little ice cream uh, yeah a couple a couple of openings that i've been to they do that that's adorable and delicious I know. also they and i think that maybe they do it now like you can buy a ice cream bar probably if you go to the old amc yeah but i remember in germany in the late 90s when i was doing famed us musical for room gaben zialis um, that if you went to the movies, you could buy alcoholic ice cream. Oh, there was like a grapefruit ice cream that was infused with gin. And like, you could get like a caramely praline thing that's got like rum or bourbon in it. And I don't know how big the alcohol content was, but I was like, well, what a wonderful way to day drink. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's num, no num, num. ice swishing around making noise. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh in your $50 sippy cup. <laughs> and we'll pay it though, won't we? We'll pay. For, we uh, should, oh, yes. We'll pay for it. I used to always get, a, I, if I was getting not a wine, even a wine, I would get a double wine in my sippy yeah. cup because otherwise I always felt it was really annoying when you get a cup and it was like partially full. I'm, the same way. I'm like, not at these prices. Not at the, not in this economy. Are you kidding me? How dare you, bad Cinderella? (laughs) Still stuck. I'm still stuck on it. You're still, I know, I know. Well, although I'm very excited because I've got the bad Cinderella cast of Broadway sessions this week. So I've been trying to find all sorts of fun ways to like spin promoting that. Like (laughs) the bad Cinderella cast really is good (laughs) at Broadway sessions or I don't know. But you can't really can't come, right? I hope none of them listen to this. Anyway, um, I'm very excited <laughs> to see them. They're incredibly talented. 
it's just the but show. you're but you're here listener you may not be in bad cinderella but you are listening to our podcast and maybe you follow us and maybe you don't but just in case you hmm. don't you can find us on instagram and tiktok at at theater countdown and on twitter at, at theater count and just remember you know go rate our beautiful podcast tell us how much you love it maybe you don't agree you can tell us that too we'll, we'll read your review on we the want we, must, we do. We want more of you to talk to us about what you think about our list and what we've missed. Yeah. And we did have somebody write in and tell us that they thought that we there was an egregious um, deficit Aaron. in yes. our top per- Tony performances list, which of course was Michael Jeter, the great late great Michael Jeter, um, doing "Let Us Raise a Glass, Raise a Cup, Raise a Grass." Anyway, at um, in from Grand Hotel, um, which was bo- on both of our lists. I dare to say, is that true, Charles? It was not on my list, but oh, it was okay. it was in a potential very early preliminary list. I just said I felt like a fraud because I've never seen the show. I don't know the yeah. show very well. And I didn't want to I didn't want to add something that I wasn't super in love with. Well, so many of the lists that exist out there in the Google universe have yes. that in there in a yes. very high ranking. And so I did watch it. And I'm pretty sure that I'd seen it before at the gay bars. Um, and it is pretty pretty spectacular to see that guy while being rubber boned as he is so you're right if only if only 15 could be 16 if only 16 could be 30 if only 30 could be a lifetime full of tony performances for us all but but we have acknowledged it now we have acknowledged it the list in me respects the list in you that's right it's your life and your list todd michael porter but we (laughs) we see you we see you we see you you. we're watching you (laughs) um so yeah so let us know what you think about all of our lists and where we're getting it right where we're getting it wrong and uh let's engage get your friends to talk to us too charles what have you been up to since we last Uh, spoke well i'm in the middle of speaking of broadway sessions i'm in because of my schedule i'm in the middle of this weird like three shows back to back kind of run where three weeks in a row i've got a show and i am telling you what that is too much to put together yeah. as a producer. It is a lot. Um, it's been really fun though, because I'm like, oh yeah, I get to go back. I get to go yeah. back and do it. It's just all the stuff leading up to it that I'm not uh, always the most fond of, but um, yeah. So that's kind of been the jam for me. He's like, what's up with you? Nice. Well, I mean, you can probably tell I have a British accent now because I just because <laughs> I just spent time in London. Um, Wait, what what took you back to London? I am working on a new musical um, that I'm associate directing, and we just had a couple of development days um, in London because the director is British and working on a show there, so he couldn't travel. But uh, yeah. You haven't told us what that is. I have not told you what it is. Right. But I I will when it's announced. It's not the... It's not the notebook. It's not the notebook. We knew about the notebook. Oh, it is. Yeah. But I just said. Did I know? I don't. I don't know if I talked about it. But... We were doing it in L.A. Yes. And now, okay. Well, maybe I just. Did no. I talk? Well, that it was not. But I don't not know if it was on air. I don't know if it was. I on... don't either. Okay. We can talk great. about it. If you caught it, then you caught it. If you didn't, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. wait and wonder. Play it back. Exactly. Play, a, play it backwards and see what you hear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like like the Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon. Um. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk about what's going on in theater at large with some hot, sexy theater news? I'd love to do that. 
We interrupt our program to bring you this theater news. Oh, there's always so much theater news going on. Um, super excited about this. They they sometimes do this, but they just announced that like right now, like right as we're recording this, they're doing an industry reading of a musical version of Death Becomes Her, which is a movie from the 80s that starred Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis, and yep. Isabella Rossellini. And uh, it is... A hilarious movie. I used to rent it all the time as a kid, like all the little gay clues of the movies that you're attracted to when you're a gay 11 year old in Utah. Um, but I am super excited about it because the cast is mega. Yeah. Speaking mega, 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 mega <laughs> Megan Hilty uh, and Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah, that's really cool. I just saw that on the announcement. That's pretty effing cool. That's rad. And I think knowing Megan too, she, she's pretty selective about what she, what she attaches herself to, to move forward. You know, like if she's going to come back and do another Broadway show, it's got to be something she's really into. So um, I have to believe that's the same for Nicole Scherzinger. Um, but how brilliant would they be together? And Jennifer Samard is and in Chris there. Sieber. And Chris Sieber and Kevin Smith Kirkwood, um, who I love as well who was one of the angels in Kinky Boots and does this amazing drag tribute to Whitney Houston called Whitney Alive. Have you heard of this? No. So he's a Broadway baby from way, way back, but he does these concerts at like Joe's Pub where he sings Whitney Houston in her key in full Whitney Houston drag. And it is eerie. It is like wow. watching, it is like watching Whitney Houston. It is wild how spot on it is. It's pretty spectacular. So I don't remember which role he's playing, but God, I hope this all happens because I think this is a campy, fun 80s movie that's worth making a musical. I'm all yes. for it. And I have to shout out my friend, Julia Madison, who's writing the the uh, the book. We love Who, Julia. Who's a genius. Yes. Uh, Carol Linder. Which we saw each other. Well, yes. which is kind of like the spark that got us into this podcast together because we had just seen each other at the Advent Calendar live show because Joel, the other other half of that is living in my apartment right now. I know, it's so wild. So um, they're both geniuses, but I have such a crush on Julie and I don't know her. Oh, really? I know her and, I, and it kills me every day. Maybe we'll get her on the podcast one day. Oh my gosh. Well, That'd be fun. We can dream. Do you also think it's interesting, like when they announce <laughs> these big, yeah, go, what? I was, was going to say, she and Drew Gayling are engaged. It would be fun to get them both oh. on. That'd be fun. He's a damn good time too. He sure is. I think you would have to be if you're going to marry Julia Madison. I Correct. Think you're probably not taking yourself too seriously. God, I hope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would have not. They would be so fun to have on. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was I going to say about that? It doesn't matter what I was going to say. Uh, in other hot sexy theater news going back to to the uk yeah and this has been kind of all over the place uh apparently they had to stop a performance of the bodyguard the musical which does exist and uh because the audience was refusing to not sing along to and i will always love you apparently in a really full voiced really attention-seeking sort of way and it was distracting i they gotta be honest drunk oh, i listen listen I, 
sure they were drunk. And and to be honest, even in my sobriety, I might need to be drunk to go watch the Bodyguard musical too, to just have be in full spirit of the thing. Let me tell you something. I wish you would. They love that show in the UK. When I was first there doing uh, Book of Mormon, I believe it was playing at the Dominion, which is like the biggest, it's a massive theater, massive, massive. People love that shit. And then it went on tour. Like, I think it went on tour and then played the West End. So the fact that it's on tour again, it, like it, this is a long time. This has been, it's been kicking around for a long time. So people love that. They love like, they love things that are familiar, things that they can sing along with. The same thing happened at Dreamgirls too. And we would get some particularly rowdy audience members. Now, would you, would you appreciate that? Or are there varying degrees of like, shut it's, up? It's, yeah, there are varying degrees of obnoxious. I mean, like I would, uh, they, there were people who would stop the show a couple of times and like, at first it would start out as and, and be read as sort of enthusiastic and they were really into the show. And then I think once they started noticing that they were getting attention from either people on stage or people around them, then they would sort of like amp it up a little bit. So t- they, you know, people would talk back, like people would talk, when I played Laurel, people would talk back to me or like, good for you. Or, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I mean- <laughs> Not for Would nothing. Like, go to any like... black show on a Sunday matinee and you're getting the church crowd, like color purple. When I did the whiz at city center, I mean, you like, you get, when you see the church hats, you better expect some, some audience participation. Some back and forth. I was some just going to bring that up. I'm glad you did because I've spoken to people in the color purple who are like, Oh no, the, the Sunday matinee show. Oh yeah. It's a whole different creature, especially admit, the color purple starts out with a gospel number. Yeah too so you're asking for it and even like the tina turner musical starts out in a gospel oh my god number as well uh you're yeah but i've I've been in i was an audience member for tina in the west end and i heard people singing along of all races and creeds it's like anything familiar and for people who are not used to going to the theater i feel like that that behavior sort of ensues yeah, I, I, it's tough to know with a show like The Bodyguard in particular, though, where you will know every single song. Yeah. And it's like, if you've, if you've never been to a show before, maybe you think you're supposed to sing along. I don't right. know. I, and haven't some musicals done, like, please do sing along with us? Yes. Nights? Yes. I. <laughs> Who did that? Why is that ringing in my head? Why is it ringing? Yeah. I mean, there's, I feel like I saw a show not too long ago that was like, please, by all means, like join in. Is it, was it Fat Ham when I saw Fat Ham off Broadway, the public? I feel like there was, there was one show that was like, please, by all means, like interact with us. And I don't know. I mean, I'm going to sing along a little bit, like way under my breath. If I'm at the share show or I'm going to, I'm going to boogie and act the fool, but I don't know when we get to the, to the, like, you want to sing along during Les Mis crowd because yeah. I understand the impulse oh boy do I understand the impulse <laughs> I want to do it too but you really can you really can't but that's when you invite all your friends over and you reenact it and build a barricade out of pillows in the living room and invite me over <laughs> you heard it here first folks <laughs> and Cameron is available for slumber parties <laughs> karaoke night <laughs> I I'm I'm willing yeah. I'm willing um but I, I do not host I will have to come to you that's how that's gonna be that's how that's you gonna said go down. that before uh well listen it's <laughs> part of part of the job description 
some of my jobs. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if you're watching Rock of Ages, you can sing along at the top of your lungs. And, and yes. that's fine too. Um, but it's a fun line. It's a fun to toe. Huh? I'll be back in a minute. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun line to toe. You got to toe the line. Tell us your yeah. Tell us your audience interaction stories, listeners. We want to know if you've ever sat next to somebody who felt like they could out Javert, um, whoever's Javering. Also, Cheryl's big moment for the both of us and the tell world. Tell me, uh huh. Tell me. I think as of this recording right now today, Wicked is officially the fourth longest running musical in Broadway history, surpassing Hats. Wow. I'm gonna go get my walker. I'm gonna go get my my yeah. my heating pad and my walker now that that's true. But that's wow. great. That is great. I'm not surprised. I feel like I guess I it's like I feel like that happened to that show so long ago because it's been around forever. Like 20 years. Yeah. I remember oh when God. chorus <laughs> right. I remember when cats surpassed chorus line as the Yes it's one of the longest running shows and that's it was a right huge deal the cats have his head run longer than chorus line um do you think wicked's gonna how long do you think wicked will run ultimately if you had to be a, a betting betting gal oh i think wicked well the movie's gonna come out so i don't know if that's gonna do uh-huh. how that's gonna affect it um i'd say five to seven years you think it'll get to 25 25th anniversary it could. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. As you say that the movie, I think will only bolster sales. Yeah. I would imagine. I think people still want to see it. Lion King's not going freaking anywhere. Lion King's not going anywhere. Anytime soon, but Phantom is dropping out of the race, but we still have a lot of ground yeah. to catch up on. Phantom closes like next week, right? Or yes. This week? This yeah. Week or, yeah. I can't remember. They're doing on New York one. I uh, just saw that today. Yeah. New York One is like devoting a lot of airtime to memories of Phantom of the Opera, and I couldn't be more pleased about the whole thing. They really are. Yeah, 40 plus years, so that's, that's crazy. They <sighs> should do a special on the people who've gone to college thanks to Phantom. Like the students, like the kids of the- Of the cast. Of, of cast or musicians or, yeah. What actors are buying houses and sending yeah. kids to school? <laughs> that's me and uh that's my impression of the broadway league no, um <laughs> hey do we have a game i want to play a game with you let's play a game let's play where's, a our, game. Ga- where's our game master yes here i am hey hi i've been here the whole time just watching you oh, God. <laughs> in the same way that we're watching <laughs> john michael porter yes John Michael Porter, Chris. Oh, wow. It's getting, it's Todd, getting Todd, we'll keep adding Todd names Michael onto Porter. it. Todd Michael Porter. <laughs> Todd Michael Porter, Chris. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about him. I was, no, okay, moving on. <laughs> John Michael Porter, Todd Michael Porter. Regardless. Philip Michael Thomas. This is why people tune in, guys. This is, this is going to be hot stuff. I think this is going to be really great content for the podcast. All right. Oh, that being it. said, <laughs> I am back. We have another game. It's name that cast. 
<gasps> I will name that cast. I will. So will so, I. So will I. So if you don't know, this is basically like Name That Tune. That's why I stole the music from Name That Tune. I have, I think I have a few. I have like five or six we can probably do. And we can maybe do a two or three or four or five. We'll see how it goes. What I will do is I will give Asmaret and Ben a choice of two different years. They will pick one of those years based on which one they're more comfortable with. At that point, I will ask them how many names they think they can name that cast in. Uh, just to reiterate, this is the original opening Broadway casts, according to IBDB. Uh, if you say you can name it in one name, I will give you the fifth build person. If you say you can name it two, fourth, and so on. And if you have no idea what year it is, like 1946, you could say you need all five names, and I will give you all five names. The idea is to get it in the least amount of names. All right. If it's 1946, okay. I am going to need all five names. <laughs> you may. You may. If we're going into 1946. Well, it depends on which ones you pick. Uh, I believe Asmaret was the first to start the game last time. So we'll have Ben start this game. Ben, do you want to pick? I'm honored. Let's, just, let's do 1984 or 2002. Oh. Uh, bring it on 1984. 1984. Yeah. And how many names do you think you can get it in? I can get it in four names. In four names. As do you think you can beat that, or should he name that cast? He should name that cast. Oh, he should. Ooh, here we go. 1984. Let's go. Let's rock. So you're gonna get either the, way. You're going to get the, uh, the... Big Brother is watching. <laughs> you will get everyone except for the main build uh, actor then in this case. So this okay. is 1984. We're going to start with Charles Kimbrough. Dana Ivy. Oh. Okay. Getting hotter. Barbara Brin. Getting cooler. And the second build cast member, Bernadette Peters, 1984. Mac and Mabel. No. The goodbye girl. Well, I think it's going to be Az's turn. As do, <laughs> do you want? Do you want to try or do you want to add another name? Uh. At, at this point, it doesn't hurt to add the other name unless you really think you might know what it is. Yeah, add the other name. Mandy Patinkin. Oh. Oh, shit. Shit is incorrect. <laughs> no, I know. Wait. <laughs> Wait. It's Sunday the Park with George. You can have it. I wouldn't have guessed it. That is right. Wow. I went with a lot of off the beaten path Bernadette shows there real you quick. You sure did. I, like, I know, that's so funny. Charles Kimbrough and Dana Ivey, I know those names. Like, they've been in other shows. I wish I knew them better. Dana, in the way that I wish I knew Julian Madison better. Correct. Yeah. Dana okay, Ivy okay. sounds very familiar. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and this is going to be Az's turn. Let's try 1979 or 2002. 2002. 2002. How many names do you think you can get it in? Three. Ben, what do you think? You want her to name it or do you think you can do it in two? 2002? Mm -hmm. I feel like I could do it in two. I'm, I'm going to let, <laughs> gonna let, let you name it. Starting at number five, Mary Bond Davis. Carrie Butler. And Laura Bell Bundy. Hairspray. You got it. Well played. Well played. I probably could have done it in two as well, but I got scared. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay to be scared. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Chris. So vulnerable. <laughs> I know. Vulnerability is important. It sure is. I was swiping through on Hinge the other day, and somebody wrote that they're looking for somebody who... who Wears their vulnerability as their superpower, and I was like, "Oh, that's not me." <laughs> <laughs> I feel deep shame about my vulnerability. So, 
Shame's also important. I'm going to have to do my thing. Oh, listen, when you're a gay Mormon, it's all there is. Shame. Shame. That's it. Shame. 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 Thanks, Hannah. Right, let's, try, let's try another one, shan't we? <laughs> this morning, um... So let's try 1979 or 1946. I'm sorry, what? You 19... gave her 2002 and you're offering me... What am I well, getting? I mean, let's see. I mean, I can give oh, you... No, 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 no. I'm tough. Come on, let's do it. What is it? I, I have a feeling you might have an easy time with the other one that I, that I would possibly give you. So I'm going to stay away from that one if I can. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be either 1979 or 1946. I'll do 1979. Very good. How many names do you think you can get it in? I can do it in four. Four names. As do you want to give it a shot, or should he name that cast? He should name that cast. Okay. Coming at number five, then, that's going to be Jane O'Ringer. Oh. Terry Klausner. Number oh. three, Mandy Patinkin. And number two, then, Patty Lapone. Evita. You got it. Yeah, baby. Evita, Evita, Evita. We can try one more if you want. One's going to be very easy and one's going to be very hard. <laughs> I just think we need to explore this 1946 option. Yeah, let's, just, it, let's, let's do just it. get right into it then. That's yeah, it. let's that, do that it. Good. All right. So, Azmarat, do you want to name it in five? Yes. Great. Ben, do you want to give it a shot and name it in four? Or you think you, she should try to name that cast? In 1946? Yes. Uh, I think you're going to need all the help you. I can... <laughs> You're going to need all the five you can get, I think. Let's go ahead and give it a shot. At number five, Let's see. Art Barnett. <laughs> number four, Truly Barbara. Truly Barbara. What a fun name. Truly Barbara. That sounds like that's a drag queen name or a great place for lunch. <laughs> number three, Franca Baldwin. Number two, Ray Middleton. And number one, 1946, this is going to be Ethel Merman. Oh. Gypsy? Call me madam. No, no. And you get your gun? Yeah, and you get your gun. <laughs> I was just yelling out Ethel Merman music. <laughs> I know. I was like, you take this one. I that was the technique know. I used there. Was yell, you yelled. Production. Like Ethel Merman likes to yell. Like to yell. <laughs> Full bell. Yell like yeah, this. Exactly. Well, that's it then. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I like that game. I'm glad we yeah. worked out the shame early on today. Okay. All right, my dear, darling, wonderful Shirley. Yes. So today we are breaking down. We really like to, to it seemed like a really good idea when we when we just said this would be the, the list this time. The category is, category is greatest Broadway composers, greatest musical theater composers. Yeah, and, and also I, I, I spoke too soon and also like, composers is like music and lyrics it's not just right like music musicians musical teams musical teams for sure i yeah. think that there is another another list in another time devoted specifically to lyricists maybe but i okay. think that we're not i don't think we're identifying anybody who is a standalone lyricist no in this list but no. i think we will be putting together some what i would imagine we'll probably be putting together some famous duos who write together yes i know that i will be because sometimes i'm if i'm being completely honest i don't even know with some the, of the, if i know who's the the lyricist and who's the writer the, yeah same you know what i mean yes um but okay this was 
it seemed really easy and I was like, this will be a cinch. And then, then comes the research and then I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, what I will tell you is that, um, thank God for the Jews because that's who is writing Broadway musicals for 90% of these. Well, uh, yeah, this is what I, my spin on that was. Well, it's a lot of old white men. I was like, yeah. I, I'm like ready for, for other people that don't look like old white men to be writing, to be, to be led into the, into the uh, composer space. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. I was looking through it and I was looking through certain, um, certain people's bios and like in the first paragraph of it was like was born into a jewish community and wherever (laughs) uh just over and over and over again which once again that's why there's documentaries like um there's a whole documentary series that's on pbs that's dedicated to the jewish impact on broadway and broadway as we know it wouldn't exist without the jewish community and culture that has kind of spearheaded it but agreed 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 let's bring in let's support some stuff and 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 um raise up people who are writing new stuff that being said this was really hard yeah because i'm looking at my list right now and i just added somebody else because i forgot yeah (laughs) Yeah. i forgot forgot them earlier i think this is the new way that we're rolling Cheryl's. is i think that anything could happen at any moment yeah for sure nothing is finite in this world of listing and counting down that's right uh so i'm scared and uh (laughs) Let's count it down. I don't know. I felt like there should be a sound effect there. <laughs> yeah, it's abrupt. Yeah. All right, Cheryl, do you want to go? You want me to go? How does this go? Uh, God, I my notes app is just like a mess of like little <laughs> paragraphs of names uh, of people. Um, well, yeah, well, I'll start. I as can always, start. my list looks like this. Yeah, like I have like it's like it's that's blurred, blurry, but it's yeah. like yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, privacy, privacy. Privacy. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, this is gonna this is kind of gonna be like all over the place. And I again, because I was not always sure who the composer was and who the lyricist was, like this might be a little bit uh sticky, but yeah, I feel like this is like what what we were thinking when we initially came up with this list was like music like music teams like who people responsible for some of our favorite songs on broadway and beyond for sure right yep okay um i had a mix and i like i went to my favorite shows and then i also like thought about who who's impacted musical theater um and so my number 10 is my number 10 is also the name of the theater where we made our debut Oh, excellent. It's Richard Rogers. So I and I didn't yeah. include Hart or Hammerstein because I was like, eh, but I'm thinking more of Rogers and Hammerstein, but I went with Richard Rogers. I ab- absolutely. That's well, I think yeah, across the board because yeah. Rogers and Hart worked together first. Yes. And then, and Hart, then Hart died. died. Yeah. Right. And then then they changed the face of musical theater forever. Yes. Rogers and Hammerstein. Um yes. Wow. Richard Rogers, well done. And that's Carousel, your Oklahoma, Sound of Music. Yeah. South Pacific. South Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, showboat? Not Showboat. No. Showboat was, I can tell you this in my notes here, Showboat was Jerome Kern. Right. 
Jerome Kern. But uh, the thing that's interesting about Rodgers and Hammerstein in their era was they were kind of the first Broadway writing team that really implemented the idea of narrative throughout every single song in the show. Right. Meaning they were the first ones to give importance to the song has to progress the plot. Where if you go a little further back to your Irving Berlin's, your Cole Porter's, your, um, uh-huh, all of those guys. Gershwin. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of novelty songs that are just great tunes that they we can kind of construct moments around. Yeah. Um, but Rogers and Hammerstein were like, okay, no, this is going to drive the plot forward. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we might as well, we've listened to this song before, but my one of my favorite songs is from Carousel. It's You'll Never Walk Alone. Oh. In listening to, to all of his music, I was I hadn't seen the the latest revival, the most recent revival with Renee Fleming and and uh Joshua Henry and and uh Jesse Mueller, but uh, I did listen to some of you will never walk alone today and I was very moved by it. So maybe we can listen to a little bit of that. You know, it's one of my favorites. So I know. I feel safe. Don't you? I feel cared for. I feel supported. That song's like a good bra. It sure is. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I exactly should what I was going to say. You should know. Yeah. You know from bras. <laughs> what do you know from bras? What do you know from bras? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could have picked. I mean, if I loved you, there's so so much so much goodness in the in the Rogers catalog. Well. I agree with you. And that's why my number 10 was Rodgers and Hammerstein. Because of course it was. Because of course it was. Because of course it was. And uh, there's just, you, there's just nothing. I think if you were to kind of like go a little bit deeper than we generally do and be like definitively and dissected why with some great scholars and dramaturgs, I think they would probably end up at the end of a death match, Rogers and Hammerstein on top. Um, So they have to be in the top 10. So the list in me reflects the list in you. Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? It does. Once again, this is a nice safe moment, not long. All right, two for Rogers and Hammerstein. Great. 
I, and also think about climb every mountain. When I think about you'll never walk alone, I think about climb every mountain too, because they're kind of the same, like super awe inspiring anthemic kind of thing that just yeah. feel like, fuck yeah, man, I'm going to climb that mountain. I'm going to ford that. I don't even know what fording a stream would involve, but I'm going to well, ford you know what? Every exactly. Stream. Every yeah. single one. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number nine to you, Cheryl's. All right. Number nine. I'm looking at my list right now. And I'm completely confused by it. Completely <laughs> confused because I added somebody. So now I'm like, well, what does that mean for the rest of my my composers? <laughs> no, I, but I think I still, oh, yeah, I think I'm still good. I think I'm still good right. here. Um, my number nine is arguably like one of, again, like one of our like biggest American composers as well. Um, so it's weird that he's all the way at number nine, but my number nine is responsible for such shows as Little Shop of Horrors or Sister Act. That's right. My number nine is Alan Menken. I clap. I Thank clap you. for you. Mm -hmm. Aladdin. He did Aladdin as well. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. No one saw Leap of Faith. There's something else. There's another one. That I feel like I'm missing. Uh, there was the, they did that King David thing. Yes. It was like a one night only that that was Alan Menken as well. Oh, King, King of Broadway. He did King of Broadway. The Hal Prince show, right? Is that right? Or no? Prince of Broadway? No, no, no. Good night. <laughs> um. <laughs> and sleep. Oh, Little Mermaid. Oh yeah. Newsies. <laughs> the other one. Oh Yeah. Those tiny little baby shows, yeah, the Broadway experience. And then he all, and then he did the movies Enchanted. He a lot of the Disney movies, but yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, come on, yeah. Oh, uh, Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale, that's the one. Is Alan Menken? Yeah. They call me C, and I like it. Let's do. I think we should hear. I like this. I support this Alan Menken. Let's hear an Alan Menken moment. Oh, let's hear an Alan Menken. Can I pick? Yes, you can pick, Charles. I think we should listen to um, Raise Your Voice from Sister Act. Oh, good one. That's a good bombastic Alan Menken moment. And that was written specifically for the theater. For the musical, yeah. For the musical. Even though some of my favorite movie musicals. Raise it. Raise it up to heaven. Alan Macon is an icon and legend. Yeah. Full stop, period, the end. Period, the end. That's my number nine. I'm sticking to it. 
Mm -hmm. I think you should. There, why wouldn't you? Some things are meant to be stuck to. That's right. All right. My number nine is Learner and Low. Learner nice. and Low is, uh, you know how I feel about Camelot. Yeah. But it's, they wrote Camelot, Brigadoon, which has some beautiful music in it, uh, including Come to Me, Bend to Me, um, uh, Almost Like Being in Love. What a day this has been. Yeah, that's right. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, and of course, My Fair Lady iconic my fair lady so learner and low also very kind of they were i've figured the other rogers and hammerstein in the yeah. theater history and those are three shows that i just happen to adore and i love the way that they handle melody and lyric together and what and this one i absolutely do not know who's the composer and who is the the lyricist and i'm sure it's a quick google search but I've just been so busy that I don't know. <laughs> just been so, so busy. By all means, let us know um, <laughs> because we are very knowledgeable in these things. But Learner and Low, gorgeous classic, my number nine. Well played. Thank you very much. I'm here for it. Um, okay, we're at number eight. Yes. Yeah. My number eight, it's like, the, I see what you're saying too about this category because like I'm looking at like the people in my like 10 to six and I'm like, but they're easily like top five on another day. Mm -hmm. My number eight uh, has has made music that we've both sung. A lot of wicked stuff today. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as Godspell and Pippin shows we we both love very much. Number seven is Stephen Schwartz. Ooh, hey, number eight, number eight, number eight. eight? Number eight. Schwartz at eight. All right. And I don't know why. It was just where he where he ended up in my list today. You never know where he's going to pop up. That's right. You just don't. <laughs> uh, Stephen Schwartz also wrote The Magic Show. Yeah. Um, has got some really cool tunes in it. But kind of always was like. And The Prince of Egypt. Don't forget. Right? There can't yeah. be miracles. There can be. Yeah. You if, when you when you believe. That's right. Remember when Mariah and Whitney wore the same dress to the yeah, you remember. Oh yes, of course I do. To, <laughs> to whatever show that was. <laughs> Burned in my mind. Okay. I see your Stephen Schwartz at eight. And I raise you at number number eight. I went with, I'm doing a switch right now in real time. Oh. So feelings are telling me to. My feelings are telling me this is what I believe. My heart wants to let you know that my number eight is Candor and Ebb. Kiss of the Spider Woman, That's Chicago. Right. Um, and right now I'm forgetting every other show they ever wrote. Hold on. Scottsboro Boys. The Scottsboro Boys. Uh, New York, New York. Uh, Cabaret. Forget about it. Floor of the Red Menace. Yeah. It's flower I drum mean, song, no? Uh, no, flower drum song is Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh, Rogers and Hammerstein, sorry. Yes, I'm getting my list, my research mixed up. Yeah, but Candor and Ebb are classic, and they've got that Razzly Azorba. Yeah, Zorba, that's right. Um, and there's just, we all know the music to Chicago, we all know the music to Cabaret. Um, but I, I don't think we all know all the music to, um, <laughs> Zorba. To, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, in fact, if anybody can write in and let me know a single Zorba uh, song, I will be very, very excited about it. 
Uh, but of course, Candor and Ab gave us um, all of that great stuff that they did with um, with Liza Minnelli. The yeah. world, goes round. world goes round. That's oh, yeah. it's too good. Steel Pier. Steel Pier. Curtains. Danny Curtains. Yep. Uh, the visit with Cheetah Rivera. All of that's in there. Um, did they do the rink? Oh, they must have. If not them, then who? But here's what I want to here's what I want to shout out to play for as kind of off the beaten path that I just think is such a killer song for Candor and Ebb. I want to do Sing Happy from Flora the Red Menace. Liza Minnelli's Broadway debut, Tony Award winning performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. Iconic. Uh, have you heard the rumors? Well, I don't know if I should even say this. But anyway, I feel like there's some mystic momentum behind Ariana DeBose and Kiss of the Spider Woman. I'm just, I'm just saying. Did we talk about this before? Did we? Because I had heard that too. Okay, I great. I don't know if you and I, if we'd spoken about it or not. I don't know that we, maybe we did. I was just talking about it with somebody else though the other day. Okay. But maybe we did talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a pretty, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to do it. That's why I hesitate. Oh, fair, I've, been, fair, oh. I've been wanting to develop it for myself for a long time. Oh, all right. Let's manifest. No, Ariana's, a, a, yeah, she's a great choice. Okay. Well, no, I mean, no, we'll do you. But yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk off, off air about it. Cause I've heard about, I've heard that this is. We'll talk, we'll talk off air. We'll talk, oh, we'll talk. All intrigued, aren't you? All right. We have moved from eight to seven. The countdown rumbles forward like a snowball avalanching towards Whoville. Yeah. What the hell did that mean? I see Candor and Ebb is not my number se seven. Was that your number seven? Number eight. That was, was my not, eight. Yeah. Canada might be on my list somewhere. So now I'm, I'm like relieved. And now I'm like, well, should I just replace it and not have it tie with something? And so that I can have something Ooh. else come in because you've already... You know what See, I mean? You, guys, you think these lists are easy, but the inner turmoil oh. is insane. That being said, though, my number seven. 
My number seven surprised me, actually. I'm going to be honest. My number okay. seven surprised me because I don't think I've really talked about any of this composer's shows, but I love this composer's music and we talk about their music all the time. Um, my number seven is Frank Wildhorn. Oh, <laughs> justice for Wildhorn. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was thinking about like the music that I love, I was like, there's so many like, Frank Wildhorn bangers. I mean, like the epic vocals, Jekyll and Hyde, Scarlet Pimpernel. Uh, I mean, those are the two that come to mind. I mean, it's just like, you know, there was Wonderland, but um, <laughs> but like Jekyll and Hyde alone. Linda Etter, like full stop. Yeah. And not for nothing, Wonderland had some good songs. In I it. know it did. It did. I'm it had some other there. songs too, but it had some good ones. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. So wait, let me, I full, I feel that with it in my bones, in my yeah. body, in my organs. Um, That's I'm a, just, just a Wildhorn. Big old nerd for Frank Wildhorn. I as, know. Wait, so Cheryl's, yeah. if, if Frank, wait, didn't Frank Wildhorn have, at one point he was one of only two, I think him and Andrew Lloyd Webber to have three shows running on Broadway at one time. Yeah. At one point when Jekyll, Scarlet Pimpernel, and I guess it would have had to have been Wonderland. Or I know he did a great Gatsby musical, uh, I think called Zelda. Yes, he did Zelda. Uh -huh. What else? Scarlet Pimpernel, Jekyll and Hyde. It would have had to have been Wonderland, right? But that doesn't seem to add up. It's, I don't think that's right chronologically. Let's see. But I feel like he did have three musicals on Broadway at one time. Let's consult the text. God, and see, we just just reminded me of another composer <laughs> that I forgot. Um, Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde is epic. And Bonnie Dracula. and Clyde Dracula. It might have been Dracula. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at this. Oh, Victor Victoria. Hold on. Wait, no, no, no. Frank Wildhorn and Victor Victoria? No. Also, Victor Victoria. I don't think was Frank Wildhorn's Dracula was ever on Broadway. No, it I, wasn't. But why are they no, saying no? The La Jolla Playhouse. What? But no, he did one. But the Dracula that was on Broadway was not him. It was not him. Who? Did oh, that? the Civil War. The Civil. The Civil that's what War. it would have been. Jekyll Hyde Civil War, and which also has some incredible music. Yes, in I saw. I saw the Civil War. Yeah. I saw this war. War. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Come on. So Charles. That... Yeah. If if you have to pick one Frank Wildhorn song to sum up why he's on your list at number seven, what do you pick? Oh, I would pick someone like you. That's the first thing that that's the first song that comes to mind. Someone like yeah. you. Yeah. Do you want to hear someone like you? Yeah. Someone like you found me. 
Come on. Frank Wildhorn. I, what are Frank Wild? What was the hit that he wrote for Whitney Houston? Oh. He fills me up. He gives yeah, I think you're right. All the man that I need, I think, was his hit for Whitney. Which is one of my favorite Whitney songs. Forget about it. Also, the Jekyll and Hyde, Constantine Maroulis, Deborah Cox. Yes. Recording, Broadway revival recording is pretty damn fun. No, he wrote Where Do Broken Hearts Go? <gasps> Where do broken Of course he did. That's such a Frank oh. Wildhorn. Oh, do you know why I said the other one? Because Tom Snow, who wrote Footloose, the music for Footloose, wrote you uh all the man that i need i love that song weird fun facts coming at you seriously um okay i just remember when all of that was happening when when that concept album first came out and every person was getting the sheet music and wanted to sing everything from jekyll and hyde and i yeah. did a dance solo to this is the moment and then the anthony warlow version came out and uh scandal intrigue mm -hmm. i'm intrigued all right <laughs> all right that's number seven for me all right number seven here we go my number seven and this also just feels awful because i feel like this uh this composing situation should be higher up but this is where we landed at number seven the great the unsurpassed except by the top six uh Aaron's and Flaherty, Aaron's and Flaherty. That's uh, Ragtime, Anastasia, Once on This Island. Yes. Uh, weirdly enough, Rocky the musical. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, they are, there are just songs that I get so lost in that are Aaron's and Flaherty. Yeah. I remember we were talking about our Tony performances and how like Mama Will Provide just got stuck in my being and bounced around in my skull for years. There's just some, I, Aaron's and Flaherty is, is unbelievable. Um, and I feel like, hmm, what Aaron's, you know what I was listening to that's just a, a bop the other day that we what? were going to listen to for Aaron's and Flaherty. We're going to listen to like, just the last little bit of my Petersburg from Anastasia. Because that's exciting stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. For Anastasia. Huh? I forgot that they did the music for that. Yeah. And the new stuff was, so my Petersburg, Sarah Klena, of course. So I don't know. You can listen yes. to him or just watch his jaw cut through wood. Um, But I love this. It gets me excited. That's where I learned my stuff in some rough company. There's the boy growing up who was me. Welcome to my Peter's 
Is it a ballad? Is it up tempo? Is it an anthem for the ages? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Yes to all of those things. I was just thinking too, I really could have played um, Streets of Dublin from Man. Oh, Dumbledore. yeah. And of course, Susicle. Oh, Aaron's and Flaherty. Aaron's and Flaherty. They might be on my list somewhere else. I would imagine they probably are. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this up. Okay. I made a last minute change. This is crazy. I made a last minute change to my number six and it is oh. now a tie. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay. Number six. <laughs> like, I can't. The small talk is killing me. I'm too nervous. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's too much. Um, <laughs> my number six is a tie between <laughs> Pander and Ebb uh-huh. and Bobby Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. Um, I can't believe, I don't know what we were talking about earlier, but you said something and I was like, fuck, I didn't write Bobby's name anywhere. And Avenue Q and Book of Mormon are two of the most influential musicals of today, in my opinion, in terms of like musical comedy and in terms of pushing the envelope, you know, in what you can say on stage. So Bobby, Bobby has to be up there for that reason alone. And Candor and I, I, so as we were going through, I was like, oh, that's six, not five. I got to change it. Oh, where does Bobby go? Where did Kendra? So I was having a min- an internal crisis, but now I feel better because I've said it out loud and it's my life and it's my list. Right. And it's too late to change it because now I've I've said it. It's out. It's out there. It's out there. Um, so we listened to something from Kander and Ab. I, I also wanted to, I pointed out Scott's for Boys because I feel like a lot of their musicals we know and i it's like you forget that they wrote scottsboro boys too because it feels like a departure from the work that they that they've typically um produced so scottsboro boys definitely gets uh deserves a shout out mm-hmm. but i thought we would play some some of bobby's music um and i think oh, i was gonna play avenue q should we play avenue q or should i play i believe from book of mormon i this is i don't know are you gonna play monster from frozen i don't know oh true there's frozen too I know. Um, your list, your life, your choice. I know. Let's play. Let's play some. I believe from the Book of Mormon. Can't go wrong. I was like, we just have to get to the fuck is this, and then we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Bobby was doing it before before Book of Mormon came came to be, but uh, I remember learning that song the morning of a presentation. We had like they handed us the sheet music, and we were doing a presentation that afternoon, and uh, it was Dan Radcliffe at the at the in that particular reading. But like we learned that song very early, like you know, in like an hour or two, and then did it later on in the afternoon. Wait, 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 back this up. Did you just say Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, I mean Daniel. Ra- sorry, right? Ra- no, Reichard. Reichard. Oh my gosh! I was like, this is hot. Talk Not about Daniel Radcliffe. Dan Reichard. Dan Reichard was, was one of our early. <laughs> Dan Reichard did a reading. Oh, I forgot. I don't know anybody's name anymore. I used to know everyone's name. Now I don't know anyone's. Um, <laughs> Dan Reichard. Let me know people. It's Dan okay. Reichard was an elder price. So we had we had gotten that music in the morning and. Can I ask you, when you listen to that, like just now, it's so for me and millions of people, we listen to it. I just get lost in all of it. Cause you know, also this is one of my favorite cast albums of all time. I just love listening to this. Um, when you listen to it, does your brain and body have a physiological response to immediately latch onto your harmony line totally. and like where you're breathing and where you're, how you, how you physicalize that moment? Yes. And you know, it was it's Stephen Aramis conducting, like I can see him conducting us. We also used to sing it backstage. So I remember there was like the stage right group and the stage left group. Stage right was only a few people, um, but we were tight and we prided ourselves on singing the shit out of those harmonies. Every I single, just, we, like we were a group, like we felt like we were the lead vocal. Yeah, on stage I was right. just thinking about that as I was listening to it because the background vocals kind of throughout that entire score are so, are a huge part of it and- yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, not for nothing. The other thing for me about Book of Mormon is that I was raised Mormon. So where we started this clip with the Thomas S. Monson speaks directly to God. Yeah. Like I grew up watching Thomas S. Monson on TV, on, oh on General Conference and like the 1978 God Changes Mind About Black People thing. Black people, like yeah. it's all true. <laughs> it's all true based on the Mormon religion and it's too good. And it's, ear delicious like it's just great theater music and it was just it's fun to sing we just had so much fun singing it was there like were you guys like opposing the other the stage left side yeah 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 yeah. totally we thought we were like we were it like we we were we like definitely we had the dynamics better than they do like we get oh. it and we were a smaller group so <laughs> just i love this i love this so much steven actually steven came over to our side one day and he was like he was you know when music supervisors sometimes will not conduct the show and they'll they'll hang out backstage or they'll listen to the show to take notes on on vocals and instruments and things like that and so steven would walk around because of course he can't sit still so he would he came around to our side one day and he was like surprised that we sounded so fierce and you were high fives all around totally so proud of ourselves i swear to this day i listen to the wicked cast album and like you can't tell me that there's any other vocal part but that <laughs> strong bass line i'm just holding it down yep um oh it's so good i love that yeah. book of mormon yeah and the music in avenue q is avenue q brilliant i know that's brilliant well played, Charles. All right, Charles. Right. Number six. Putting this. This hurts my heart because I feel like this person should be higher, and yet here we are. I don't know what to do. Just like you, I'm too nervous. Yes, I'm too fucking nervous. All right, I've got to just close my eyes and leave. Nope, that's not who it is. It's not Schwartz. Um, my number six <laughs> is the single 
most successful female composer in Broadway history. Uh, and there is kind of no box that you, musical box that you can put this person in because it runs the gamut. And this person has also written two or three operas um which i was reading about recently and i'm not gonna remember their names but it's all very very true she's been commissioned to i was talking about janine tesori janine yes. Tesori, my number six janine tesori a shrek violet fun home carolina uh, change carolina change i just all of it sensational music it is so oh thoroughly modern millie i don't know why yep. thoroughly modern millie um it's the way that she dives into the stylistic world of each piece, like if you look at the way that she handled all the music and how she would compose Thoroughly Modern Millie, and then look at how in depth and in the pocket she was in Caroline or Change, yeah. and then in Fun Home, like I don't know that anybody's able to do that. Yeah. Um, and she can be super complicated like in Lot's Wife at the end in Carolina Change, that 11 o'clock number, or it can be like super boptastic and never leave your noodle. Yeah. Um, and crawl into your ears. I just think that she is sensational. Um, and Kimberly Akimbo, of course, is her latest hit on Broadway. Yeah. Um, but I, this, I want to do, I do, I want to do play some songs about from <laughs> to Sorry. I sure do want to do. Uh, and this, I'm going to choose a song from Fun Home. I want to yes. listen to Telephone Wire. Oh, yeah. Fun Home, because talk about just a, a narrative sound that, that you have that, I don't know, this, this, song, this show is so deep anyway. And we could very easily play Ring of Keys, but this song is just telephone wire. unbelievable. Hey, did I mention that new project I've taken on? Oh, you've seen it out. That old house out on Route 150? Oh, it's been standing out there empty 40, 50 years at least. Telephone wire, stop too fast. Telephone wire, make this not the past. This earlier than I thought. Are you coming in? Telephone wire. That was our last night. Yeah. It gives me chills. That yeah. one gives me chills. I don't know. It's very relatable. Anybody who's had a parent that they felt like they maybe couldn't connect, but that song in particular is so powerful. But I just love the worlds that she creates sonically, stylistically, because then you can listen to Let Your Freak Flag. Yeah, totally. A freak. And it's just like a party bop that would be at the Broadway rave. Um, hats off to Janine Tesori. And I feel like Janine Tesori is just getting started. I too. do too. I do too. 
Like, I don't think I'm world... excited to see what else, what, what she comes up with next too. I, oh. I'm a fan of hers as well. She might be on my list somewhere too. So I'm, I'm uh-huh. glad that she's in, in the top 10. Um, yeah. Well, Cheryl's, I think well we did played. a great job. I think we did too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it, the, the anxiety of it all. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. All right, friends. If you want to help us out with our anxiety, you can always subscribe to the show. Tell your friends all about it. You can support us on Patreon. Once again, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple. And for just the low, low price of $5 a month, you can get two bonus episodes a month where we break it down and give our honorable mentions. And of course, follow us on our socials. Yeah. (laughs) You can follow, well, you can follow us on Instagram and and, uh, TikTok. Uh, at Theater Countdown and on Twitter at Theater Count. And I am at Asmaret Gebra McKell. And I'm Ben Does Broadway. And, uh, and we love you. We love you. See you next time. Don't and get it twisted, just get it listed. And see. So much anxiety. Yeah. <laughs>